Welcome to Wise Health for Women Radio with Linda Prater. Women are pressed daily to give more, learn more, and be more, often at the expense of mind, body, or spirit. Each week with intriguing guests and topics, we'll bring you fresh ways to view your limited time, encouraging a shift to new, healthier perspectives. Wise Health for Women Radio, helping women thrive. And now here's your host, Linda Prater. morning and welcome to Wise Health for Women Radio. I'm Linda Crater and we have a most interesting guest today. We're going to be talking about things that many people do not talk about. Some may be controversial or things you haven't heard before, but we're going to be talking about health and history and science and real science and the reasons why certain things occur in disease and in chronic illness And I am so pleased to bring you today Patrick Vickers, who is leading the way with a physician who trained him, a a methodology that trained his way of thinking. Um, And this was Dr. Max Gerson. And so he is now director of the Gerson Clinic. And we will let Patrick, tell us all about this, because Patrick, I am so pleased to welcome you to our program. I I think learning more, opening our minds to different ways of thinking, and going to the root causes of of how we can keep our health, which is our wealth, to be honest. So welcome to Wise Health for Women Radio. Yeah, hi, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure, And, and as I said, we really need to talk about whatever it is that can make us healthier and happier human beings because there are a lot of outside forces these days especially post-pandemic that are really affecting not only mental health but physical health as well because there's such a tight mind-body connection and wellness in and of itself has taken a back seat for the last three years so where would you like to go first? The history of Dr. Max Gerson or your philosophy behind what you practice? You tell me. Yeah, well, I think it's important to introduce Dr. Gerson, who he is, because he should be a household name and because of the powers that be that are you know, running not just medicine, but our, our government today, they've, they've literally kept Dr. Gerson's name from, from the mm-hmm. general public for, mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. You know, Nobel Peace Prize winner, Dr. Albert Schweitzer, who was actually considered the, his, the greatest Christian of his generation, mm-hmm. he, he called Dr. Gerson the greatest genius in medical history. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gerson was reversing virtually every single degenerative disease between 1910 and 1959 when he died. And he, to this day, 65 years after his death, essentially, um, he remains, you know, the most censored doctor in the history of of modern medicine and certainly modern American medicine. And so mm. I lived with Gerson's family, his daughter, Charlotte, who died uh, three or four years ago now, uh, this coming February. Uh, she invited me to come live with her where I went through all her father's handwritten files of all his active patients between 1910 and 1959 when he died. And so, you know, that's that's where my passion was born. I, I wanted to be a chiropractor ever since I was 
was 11 years old. Mm -hmm. uh, I saw a miracle chiropractic adjustment, and I'm a year away from graduating chiropractic school when Charlotte Gerson came and spoke at my school. And as soon as she opened her mouth, I said, that's what I'm going to do. And I've mm -hmm. dedicated the rest of my life to, you know, promoting Dr. Gerson's work publicly. And now I have a clinic in Mexico where we're successfully using Dr. Gerson's therapy along with other advanced protocols that have come out in the scientific literature, proving benefit to the cancer patient and all other diseases as well. And we call that the Advanced Gerson Therapy Clinic in Rosarito, Mexico. And that's, that's where we're at now. But you know, Gerson, as you mentioned, he he has a history. You know, he was he was reversing advanced disease, and in 1946, he was called to testify before the United States Senate mm. when the when the Pepper Neely anti-cancer bill had come to the floor of the United States Senate. It was designed to appropriate funding, a hundred million dollars in funding, to anyone who could show promise in the realm of cancer research, and they got word that some guy on Park Avenue in Manhattan was reversing advanced cancer, and they invited him to testify July 1st through the 3rd, 1946. From that day on, he became a marked man. Uh. Yeah, and it was so powerful, his testimony that Senator Claude Pepper himself, who to this day, even though he's dead, to this day, he remains the longest serving senator and congressman in U.S. history. Well, he said Dr. Gerson dedicated his life to the mastery of this scourge of cancer and all should honor his great work. So why haven't we heard of Dr. Gerson? Why isn't he a household name? Even though eight movies have chronicled Dr. Gerson's work, why isn't he a household name? Well, from that day forward, Dr. Gerson was one of the most published doctors in the history of medicine. And from that day forward, he became prohibited from publishing in all major medical journals around the world. They censored him completely. Why? Not just because he was reversing advanced virtually every single disease, which obviously would have destroyed the pocketbooks of the pharmaceutical <laughs> and medical. Yeah, right. big farm in the medical industry. But in Senate chambers, those three days back in 1946, Gerson was revealing all the causes of the rapid rise of cancer and disease around the world. And so what are those causes? Well, the energy industry, the food industry, the agricultural industry, all the industries that are feeding the pockets of our politicians, paying for their campaigns, the lobbying groups behind those, those entities, Dr. Gerson was exposing them all. So you can imagine the red flags that went up through all of Washington at that point. And when he was finished testifying July 3rd, he was supposed to give an interview to the international press. So mm -hmm. he was whisked away to the international press room, and he sat in that room alone for an hour and a half. Nobody showed up. You know, he I'm surprised because it seems to me that censorship is recent. But what you're telling me is, no, no, this has been going on for a very, very long time if it threatens the deep state. Oh, no doubt about it. And the censorship, look, censorship goes back millennia. <laughs> you know, I mean, well, let's yes. face it, right? I, it's just, I guess, with social media, it seems as though there are more mechanisms by which to control what we hear, see, read. Right. Um, but it, this is, I, I did not know this story. This is fascinating. Well, certainly it's more blatant today, right? But back then it well, was more. Wide out. People say yeah, it was more. Part out loud. Yeah, but just to give you a classic example of, of 
how censorship existed even back then. Well, present at Dr. Gerson's testimony was a guy named Raymond Graham Swing. Now, who's Raymond Graham Swing? Well, back then, obviously, there were no TVs, so if you wanted to listen to the news every night, you gathered around your radio and you listened to either ABC, NBC, or CBS News every night, 7 right. o'clock Eastern. That's when they would give their, their evening news broadcast. Well, Edwin Murrow, the famous Edwin Murrow, was CBS's anchor. I don't know who NBC's anchor was at that time, but ABC News Radio anchor was Raymond Graham Swing, who'd been working for ABC for oh. 30 years at that okay. point. Right. Well, he was present at Gerson's testimony, and he went on his broadcast that night, and he said, folks, please forgive me if I don't have my morals correct in speaking about all these other stories that would have occupied the headlines. The Truman anti-racketeering bill had been signed, something regarding Trieste and World War II, and Italy had, had been negotiated and signed. Those would have been major stories for the evening. Well, Raymond Graham Swing went on and spent over a half hour telling the entire world that was listening to him that the cure for cancer and virtually every other disease had been found. Oh my gosh. And, yeah, and when he finished his broadcast that night, ABC News Radio switchboard in Manhattan lit up for nine hours straight. I believe from, it. From people calling all over the country and world begging to find out where to get this treatment for cancer. Well, Raymond Graham Swing, who'd been doing this for 30 years at that point, was fired from his job two weeks later hmm. at NBC, ABC News. And why? Because he had become a threat now to the system, and they made sure they silenced him as well. And so that was the beginning. There have been mm -hmm. five or six times now where major media news outlets – You've had the opportunity to hear about Dr. Gerson, but it was squashed in the editing rooms. So if you're an editor of any major media outlet, your sole fiscal responsibility is to promote the financial interests of your organization. It has nothing to do with giving you or I the truth. And when you turn on any media, major media outlet today, TV, radio, magazines, whatever, what are you bombarded with day in, day out, drug ads? drug ads and drug ads. So if you're promoting a guy like Dr. Gerson on any of those major media outlets, those pharmaceutical companies and medical companies, they'll pull their ads. And so you'll be out of a job if you're an editor of any major outlet and you start talking about Dr. Max Gerson. So you decided to go right at the bear and practice the Gerson methods and techniques and You've obviously been quite successful doing it. How do you attract people who are obviously being guided to not even speak to you, I imagine? Well, you know, you know when you're preaching to the choir and when you're not preaching to the choir, right? And mm -hmm. I really, I don't spend any time trying to convince anybody about Dr. Good. Gerson. I mean, I'll, I'll mention his name, I'll tell him who he is, what he's doing, and I leave it up to them because you'll, you'll drive yourself silly you know, trying to convince 99% of the American population, which is completely brainwashed into modern medicine and, you know, the, the pharmaceutical. Actually, industry. I don't think they are. Or I've been blessed with guests on the show who have alternative means because holistic medicine is rising. There is much more skepticism about big pharma. 
And I, you should know, I worked in clinical trials with subjects screening for clinical trial participation uh, for many years, and I, I believed in what we were doing. It doesn't resemble anything that is present now. There are not the safety balances, there are not the efficacy studies, there are not the epidemiological studies and the safety you know, profiles, et cetera. So, I mean, I think a lot of people are skeptical these days, rightfully so, because we have been rather manipulated uh, in, the, in the past. But I'd love to switch gears a little bit and you tell me all the positive things that you can work with because there is a lot of science and a lot of old time therapies, you know, based in plants. In fact, all pharmaceuticals are originally based in plants. And talk about how you go about removing some of the toxicity from our bodies, inflammation, um, disease, uh, chronic illness. And certainly these days, you know, people are suffering the effects of, of external forces. So talk about the cellular science because it's, it's interesting. And I know you can do it in a way that our listeners can understand. Yeah, you know, so again, Gerson is more renowned for reversing advanced terminal cancer. That's unfortunately what all the eight movies have chronicled is Dr. Gerson's therapy's ability to reverse advanced cancer. But where the therapy really shines is in all these other degenerative diseases that mm -hmm. we have today, which for lack of a better word, are pandemic. I mean, let's face it. Yes, the, the rise in disease from 1900 until now has just been astronomical, like parabolic if you charted it, right? And so, mm -hmm. um, you know, the Gerson therapy is reversing virtually every single degenerative disease. And if you read in Dr. Gerson's book, his epic book that he wrote before he died, A Cancer Therapy Results of 50 Cases, one word stands out over and over and over again that he mentions that you must change in order to reverse cancer and all these other diseases. And that one word is metabolism. Mm. Metabolism is everything. It is your immune system. So when you break down that word into what that exactly means, it's so simple a child can understand it. It literally, everything we're doing to reverse advanced disease, I learned in the first two to three weeks of biochemistry 101 in chiropractic school. Mm -hmm. They didn't teach us it was to reverse disease. They just taught us that as the basic foundations of life. And so let's break down metabolism so you understand why people are getting sick today. Mm -hmm. And so what is metabolism defined? It's the breakdown of food into energy. Mm -hmm. When you see someone who's sick and or dying, what do you notice? They're lethargic. Well, right. why, why are they lethargic? Because they're losing the capacity to produce energy on a cellular level and your immune system needs massive amounts of energy on a daily basis to maintain human health, let alone cure a sick and dying body. So, Gerson instinctively understood that you had to restore metabolism, the breakdown of food into energy in order to heal the body. Now, when you start to break down that very word, metabolism, the breakdown of food into energy, there's three parts to that. What are we taught in natural medicine? Where is 70% of your immune system? Your gut. Exactly. It's in your gut. Well, is that 
is there any mystery? That is where metabolism begins, the breakdown of food, right? Right. And, and so obviously, if you're going to heal the human body, you have to heal the gut. And there's no supplement, there's no drug, there's no IV that you can be given that's going to ultimately heal the gut. There's only one thing that's going to heal the gut, and that's food. Nutrition. It's right. nutrition. And so the main aspect of the Gerson therapy is what? 20 pounds of organic fruits and vegetables every single day. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, exactly. You know, people say to me, why is the Gerson therapy so successful? Why? What's its secret? There is no secret. The reason why the Gerson therapy is so successful is because it's the most difficult. There are no shortcuts to healing. If you want to heal from an advanced disease, you are going to pay the price of discipline, intensive, radical dietary and lifestyle change. That is how you cure advanced disease. And the way you heal the gut and start to restore metabolism is 20 pounds of organic fruits and vegetables, mostly in the form of juices. I was just going to say, to, to get that much in you and, and be able to walk around, uh, you must have to do it into smoothies or shakes or something like that in order to be able to metab even just ingest it. Yes, that's exactly right. You have to juice. I mean, there's no way a human body can consume that amount of produce on a daily basis. And certainly a sick and dying digestive tract could never process all that fiber, right? Right. And right. And so well, that's Gerson, what I was referring. Right. Exactly. And so Gerson instinctively understood that. I mean, it's that's pretty basic understanding, right? That these would have to come in the form of juices, which require very little energy by the gut to be digested and properly True. utilized, because they enter the bloodstream almost as quickly as alcohol enters the bloodstream without having to go through the digestive process. And this massively streamlines the immune system, i.e. metabolism. So now we've healed the gut, okay? We've healed okay. the gut with the juices. We've healed the gut with the food. Now we have to be able to convert that food into energy inside the cell. And this is where we've destroyed human metabolism as well. I mean, it, it goes without saying we've destroyed the gut today with the overabuse of antibiotics, all the stress in our environment, all the synthetic processed chemicals in our food, in our water, in our air. We've obviously destroyed the gut. Now that we've healed the gut, we now have to restore the internal metabolism of the cell so we can convert that food that we're now absorbing properly into energy. Okay. Well, how, what happened? What have we done that's destroyed metabolism at the level of the cell? Well, around your cell, you have a cell membrane. Mm -hmm. That cell membrane's made up of what? It's made up of fats. Right. It's a phospholipid. Lipid is fat. Well, what kind of fat is it made up of? <laughs> Whatever fat you're feeding it. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So whatever fat you're feeding your body, your body's naturally going to use to maintain itself. And so mm -hmm. what kind of fats are people eating today? A lot of trans. A lot of trans fat, a lot of saturated fat, cookies, right. cake, ice cream, cheese, milk, meat, 
butter, eggs. What are those fats? Those fats are saturated fats. So what now, about the so-called good fats like avocados or almonds? Well, let's talk about that, but let's talk about the definition of a fat first. Okay. Right? Okay. Sure. How do you define a fat? You have saturated, you have monosaturated, and mm -hmm. you have polyunsaturated, right. right? Right. But how do they define those? They define those based on their saturation with hydrogen. Right. So when you have a saturated fat, you have a long carbon chain. Fats are long carbon chains or they're medium carbon chains, depending on how um, you would define that aspect of the fat, whether it's a long carbon or a medium carbon, they're either saturated or not saturated. Mm -hmm. coconut, coconut oil is a saturated medium chain fatty acid. So they're long carbon chains and they're defined based on whether they're saturated with hydrogen or not. Mm -hmm. So when we're talking about saturation saturation with hydrogen what else are we addressing in that very same statement when, how many times have you heard alkalinity promotes health acidity promotes disease right right yeah how many times have you heard that but it's never really explained what are the implications to the human body on a cellular level regarding those two terms, alkalinity and acidity. Alkalinity mm -hmm. promotes health, acidity promotes disease. What are we talking about? We're talking about pH, pH. right? Yes. And what's pH? Potential well, hydrogen. Right. That's what pH is. Well, you're so, also talking about all the inflammatory responses that people are having. Am I correct? Exactly. And that's okay. also related to the fat consumption, right? Yes. Because if you have too many omega-6s in the diet, that right. causes unhealthy inflammation in the body. But right. even omega-6s are polyunsaturated, which I'm going to get into in a second, right? Mm -hmm. But when we're talking about all these fats and their saturation with hydrogen, we're talking about pH, potential hydrogen. Right. So what are the health implications of that very term? How do you convert food into energy in the cell? It requires oxygen. Mm -hmm. You must get oxygen into the cell to convert it into energy. If you can't get oxygen into the cell, the cell falls into a state of fermentation and lactic acid is formed rather than energy. Mm -hmm. When you have cell membranes, that are made up of saturated fats, the charge at the level of the cell membrane cannot accept oxygen. As oh no, it's, a, it's like a barrier. It, is, it, it now becomes a matter of biophysics rather than biochemistry mm -hmm. because those fats have a charge and that charge is based on the hydrogen or the lack of hydrogen in the body at the level of the cell membrane. So if we're eating all these partially hydrogenated oils, the trans fats you mentioned, the saturated fats naturally occurring in foods, the problem lies at the level of the cell membrane. As oxygen approaches that cell membrane, the charge at the level of the cell membrane cannot accept it. And so it literally gets repelled away. So the definition of acidity, when you hear alkalinity, acidity, 
the definition of acidity is improper utilization of oxygen by the human body. And this is the Nobel work that Otto Warburg won in 1931 when he demonstrated that a cancer cannot survive in a body that's properly oxygenated. And he went on to describe that the body's primary ability to oxygenate tissues is an alkaline diet based on these very principles. So today we have destroyed the internal metabolism because of the fats we're eating that are making up the cell membrane and causing, quote, acidity in the body. It's improper utilization of oxygen. So you have to restore the diet, and Gerson understood this. The Gerson therapy is a no-saturated fat diet. The only oil he found that did not cause tumors to grow and that actually benefited the body's ability to defeat cancer was raw, organic flax oil. Interesting, because flaxseed is still promoted, though, as something very good for you. Well, it is. And so on the Gerson therapy, the Gerson patients are getting two tablespoons per day of raw organic flax oil. OK, mm -hmm. they're not getting flax seeds. No, you, you'd have to eat God knows how many thousands <laughs> of flax seeds. Exactly. And their guts simply couldn't handle that. Right. Right. Not to, yeah, they couldn't. So the flaxseed oil, it is pure medicine. Do you know it's electrical charge literally acts as a magnet to suck oxygen into the cell. It literally draws oxygen into the cell so that you can start to restore the internal metabolism of the mitochondria because it's the mitochondria inside the cell. Right. That converts sugar into energy in the presence of oxygen. So there's no saturated fat on the Gerson therapy. So now you have people saying, well, you, your body needs saturated fat. Well, that's true. Nobody can argue that. Mm -hmm. But you've heard the term essential fatty acid, right? Right, of course. Okay, well, what does essential mean by definition? It means that you must get it from your diet. That is the definition. So when you hear the word essential fatty acid, that means you must get that fat from your diet, meaning flax oil, flax seeds, sunflower, sunflower right. oil. Mm -hmm. Saturated fats are never defined as an essential fatty acid. Why? Because the human body has the capacity to make saturated fats just enough to keep it optimally healthy. You do not need to get saturated fat from the diet in order to maintain optimal health because the human body can make it. It just often doesn't make it in the quantities that are needed. Well, that depends on how much essential fatty acids you're right. getting in your diet, right? right? So exactly. If I'm... I'm I'm just I'm fascinated by this because it you are describing something that to many people would be very daunting. Now, a cancer diagnosis is more daunting. So, I know more people that would do anything that you told them to do if it would cause a benefit. Right. And so I I think that's probably why you don't have to seek out patients, they seek you because 
toxicity, neurodegenerative diseases, cellular science, all of this, our lifestyle is contributing to our ill health. Yeah, no doubt about it. it that's what it is. I mean, you can you can look at what they're doing to us, and I say they as the greater powers that be, whatever, right? Right. You know, the system, what they're doing to us with our air, our water, and even our food, right? But Correct. Even in an environment where there's so much toxicity in the air, in the water, and now EMF radiation, if you have a diet high in organic fruits and vegetables on a daily basis, then you can counteract the effects of these other things, right? right. And, and that's where the Gerson therapy now, you know, ironically, it, it's now more for prevention than than it is for curing disease. Well, that would be good because people don't move enough. They don't eat the right things. They, I mean, the pandemic told us that most people didn't have the coping tools to deal with it in a healthful manner. And I, I don't know if you were as frustrated as I was, but if you're going to do fear tactics, uncertainty and all kinds of things, why aren't you using this opportunity with a captive audience to also teach them about wellness? Well, I mean, look, how many times have people heard you are what you eat and an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure? Well, forever. Right, exactly. And so the reality is in my clinic, if I see in a year, if I see a thousand people in a year, mm -hmm. uh, about five of them actually come for maintenance. We do not change our lifestyles until we're sick. That is the reality. Most well, people. if you don't take care of your wellness, you will deal with your illness. Well, that's exactly right. And so, you know, that is human nature, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And so, like you said, I don't, we don't advertise. We don't need to advertise because people are so sick today, they do have to come to us. I would love to have nothing but a wellness clinic. Sure. But, yeah. I, I, that That's would not be, practical. It is not practical today because one, the Gerson therapy is difficult, you know, mm -hmm. uh, but you could even do a modified therapy, like half the therapy for six months and, and, you know, cleanse. And still and see benefit. Exactly. You know, so, you know, so I, I could promote that, but I, I'd be banging my head against the wall, right? No, you want people to come to you. They always say work with the willing because then people will listen, follow, and then find the results that you are telling them about. So you had a, a on one of your readouts that was sent to me prior to our show today, yeah. is that cancer is not genetic. Explain that, because how many times have we heard, if you have a family history, you have yeah. a high propensity, da, 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 da. Yeah. Um, and But it, it isn't absolute. I mean, there are people who have no genetic component and end up with chronic disease or exactly. cancer. Exactly. Right. Grandma got breast cancer. My mom got breast cancer. Auntie got breast cancer. My sister got breast cancer. Therefore, it runs in the family. It's genetic. I'm doomed to get it right. Hey. Well, yeah. Well, what else runs in families? Uh, diets run in families. Uh, stress. <laughs> habits. Habits. Yes, habits. Right. Stress. Uh, broken relationships run in families. Uh, environmental exposure runs in families because typically you're living near each other, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. So these are the things. Look, in 1900, they say one out of every 60, some say one out of every 100 people got cancer. Now it's down to one out of every two or one out of every three, right? Is it and, really that high? Yeah, yeah. We're down to one out of every three, and they say one out of every two in the next five to 10 years will be diagnosed with cancer in their lifetime. And so, 
Look, if you if you understand Darwinian theory of the evolutionary process, um, genetics doesn't change from 1900 to you know the year 2000 that dramatically that no. quickly. So, mm -hmm. uh, what's happened between 1900 and now? Just a massive expansion of the industrial revolution. I was just going to say the industrial revolution, manufacturing, agriculture, exactly. all of it. Exactly, and so. It's not that it's genetics, familial genetics, that is causing disease. Now, look, we're all pre-genetically disposed to get something. I may be pre-genetically disposed to get prostate. You might be pre-genetically disposed to get ovarian. But when you stay within the laws of nature, those genetic phenotypes do not express themselves as they would if you step outside of nature, which our entire society has, right? Yeah. And so it, that's where it becomes an issue of epigenetics. Epi meaning surrounding genetics. It, Correct. It's causing its effects on the genetic uh, material that we're already predisposed to, expressing those genetic predispositions into what we would call disease. And so cancer is not genetic. It is a lifestyle choice. It's of exposure to things that we are beyond our control. Right. Acting upon our genetic material, epigenetics. Well, it's yeah. interesting because I work with veterans, and as you're probably very aware, uh, toxic exposure is taking place at an astronomical rate among those who were in the Middle East. Um, there's also a preponderance of neurodegenerative diseases, again, toxic exposure. Yeah. There's been a lot of discussion about the vaccines and gene therapy and all yeah. sorts of things that are causing damage. Uh, but things like Parkinson's, dementia, uh, ALS, you know, do you address those as well? Well, ALS we can't cure. Um, no, I know. I know yeah. that my mother died of ALS, but it is interesting to me listening to you that she did go on that diet that you're talking about with the juicing. Yeah, she absolutely well, did that. Yeah. And so we can we can pretty much if you're doing the full Gerson therapy, stop the progression of the disease. But any central nervous system tissue it's that's inevitable. Right. right. Like Parkinson's is central nervous destruction. Right. Right. And so we can't reverse Parkinson's, but we can slow or stop the progress. Right. Sure. Um, but all those other diseases like the sister disease to ALS would be MS. MS. Right? right. Yeah. And we can reverse that, believe it or not, because it starts peripherally. And when it starts peripherally, you can actually heal the synapses and the, you know, the nerve fibers uh, that are that have been damaged. We've sure. seen it. You know, but ALS and Parkinson's, the two central nervous system diseases. No, I, I'm aware of that because I, <laughs> I did all the research at the time. Um, and so she did everything she could to keep it at bay. But it's, it's still just a vicious disease. Yeah. But now talk about the, um, the, the, to the toxicity around us. I mean, we are not in control of that. So what yeah. are some ways to avoid as much as possible yeah um especially the the 5g emg stuff yeah. that's all everywhere that that almost seems like you can't escape yeah you can't you really can't i mean and you know what 5g does it prevents oxygen from <laughs> binding to hemoglobin Oh, great. So when, you, when you're trying to heal the human body you need to get oxygen to tissues and it's delivered via hemoglobin 
Right. And right. so let's launch 5G right in the midst of a major respiratory pandemic. Uh, you you think that's not planned and and laid out very specifically? No, it's it's obvious. There are some yeah. very large forces at at work. There, yeah, it's obvious. Um, but I think people really need to think about the cellular science because we're so used to thinking about body parts. Yeah, and fixing this part, and then you'll be better. And this part, but. When you use overall therapy, what I, I, I also have a, a great fascination with Dr. Weston Price's ancestral um, practices. Yeah. And, and because I think new isn't always better. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, I laugh because I've recently taken up cryotherapy. I walk right into the river that's near me, and it's <laughs> about 52 degrees these days. <laughs> and it's become addictive because it's invigorating. <laughs> I love it. And if you can't go outside, the, the ending a shower with a, a blast of cold does the same kind of response for me. Yeah. Um, so there are some immune boosting therapies that we can do on our own. Sure. Um, and eating, eating <clears throat> as you said, if you can't go full Gerson, you can at least go. I'm sure you have ways of just expressing how you can do partial work because I, I really find very interesting ancestral wisdom and what you're talking about goes back to 1930 when Dr. Gerson did all of this and That's so right. everything you go 1910 19, pardon yeah. me and yeah. so when you go back and you look at some of these wise wise healers and I call them healers because I've met real healers before and it seems to me that's what you're talking about yeah and so exactly i mean and and gerson was doing that like we said back in 1910 until now and right. it still remains the most powerful therapy in the history of medicine still and it's because it's so simple you know and so talk to me about if you if for people listening they're like oh my gosh i can't do 20 pounds of fruits and vegetables i can't yeah. do this can you just give a thumbnail sure. of a couple of bullet points that sure. people can do because it will it will help them and absolutely not hurt them and it will absolutely. give them the steps that will let them know that success is possible so then yeah. you try something else okay so the one thing we haven't addressed, and you've you've kind of led into it a couple times, and we and we got sidetracked. But what do we do to deal with toxicity today? Correct. Well, Gerson, as you probably well know, made something famous that everyone should be doing every single day for the rest of their life, and that is the coffee enema. There really. Is there is not a more powerful <laughs> way to detoxify the human body than a coffee enema. It is oh, that's going to sound appealing to our listeners. It is absolutely <laughs> ingenious. And Gerson made the coffee enema famous. Our patients get five coffee enemas per day if what? they're if they're dying of advanced cancer. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, yeah, so yeah. in the extreme cases. Absolutely. So let's talk about the science behind the coffee enema real quick. The coffee enema your liver produces an enzyme called glutathione transferase. It's the most potent or one of the most potent detoxifying enzymes in the human body. Well, right. the liver uses palmitic acid to make glutathione transferase. Properly roasted organic coffee is loaded with palmitic acid, and it has been scientifically demonstrated that when you do one coffee enema, 
the production of glutathione transferase goes up six to 700% greater than normal. That and is the isn't, science. Well, and, and isn't glutathione also something that, you know, clears the blood brain barrier? And so it is, is a very essential yeah. um, element. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's, you know, that's, it also has an incredible effect on the brain. Like if you're feeling foggy, emotional, right. you do right. a coffee enema and I'm telling you it goes away. But the coffee enema is so potent and people say, well, why can't I drink it? Well, a lot of reasons, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. And, uh, and can I add cream and sugar, right? You know, it's like, so. No, no, artificial sweeteners that will hurt your <laughs> kidneys. Right. Right. So why can't you drink it? Well, first of all, let's talk about the mechanics by which the coffee is getting to the liver when you take it rectally. Well, sitting right, right there are the hemorrhoidal veins. Right. The hemorrhoidal veins absorb the coffee and carry the coffee straight to the liver via the portal vein that because the, he the hemorrhoidal veins dump into the portal vein. The portal vein ends in the liver. So when you take the coffee rectally, it goes straight to the liver without being metabolized. And also detoxifies. The, exactly. So the palmitic acid salts aren't being metabolized in the digestive process. If you were to drink that same coffee, which by the way, right. it would go through your gut. You wouldn't drink that coffee anyway because it's not roasted. It's not grown for that purpose. Okay. When you drink it, it obviously goes through the digestive process, burning up the palmitic acid salts. By the time it gets to the liver, it, there's hardly any, right? Right. Secondly, when you drink it, the effects it has on the adrenal glands you know, they say one shot, one drop of adrenaline could pure adrenaline could kill a horse. You know, so when you drink coffee and you're stimulating adrenaline production, that's not good. Mm -hmm. We know about the cortisol production right, from drinking right. coffee, right? All these effects get neutralized in the liver when it goes straight to the liver via the hemorrhoidal veins. Mm -hmm. So that's why you wouldn't drink it. Not to mention, when you're drinking coffees, you're drinking the roast, right? Yes. So you've got the espresso roast, you've got the French roast. So they've been overly cooked and, and denatured. So right. that's, what, that's the difference. And they're often very acidic. Exactly. So this is, and the pH of the bean that you actually use for the coffee enema is different than that bean that is more acidic. So, so the coffee enema, I've done one coffee enema a day from the day I met Charlotte Gerson or more. Um, and I'm telling you, uh, I, I probably look like I'm 40, I'm 54, mm -hmm. you know, but I do these principles of the Gerson therapy, the coffee enemas, and, and you reap those benefits. In today's day and age, you have to do a coffee enema every single day. Now, people say, well, that's a little radical and, and extreme for me. And I'm like, well, if you're living in, you know, uh, 1800, that would be a little radical and extreme and a bit weird. But today, today we live we in We have this bathrooms, right. <laughs> today we have bathrooms, but <laughs> we live in such an extreme environment that if you want to stay ahead of this game, right. you must apply extreme measures. Now, I want to make it very clear that you just can't do coffee enemas without replenishing the nutrient status. Mm -hmm. Because when you do a coffee enema and you stimulate those detox cycles, those require massive amounts of nutrients. Mm -hmm. All the nutrients that are required to make glutathione transferase, you must get from food. So the rule is 
on the Gerson therapy, that it's three to four eight ounce juices for every enema. And it has to be organic. By the way, if our, if our food's not organic, our patients die. It's that it makes, simple. It does make sense. And, and I think that, unfortunately, the cost of organic products is, is very high for most people. Well, so is the cost of death. Well, you and I agree on that, right. but I mean, it's sometimes it's a matter of uh, choices that are difficult to make. Well, I don't have insurance, okay? I don't mm -hmm. carry insurance for me or my entire family. Mm -hmm. So how much am I saving every year? Oh, that's a good point. Right? And so this is my insurance. And if my family gets sick, do you think I'm going to take them to the medical doctor? Of course not. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take them to my clinic, right? Sure. Right. And so that's that's, you know, that money is actually my insurance and that goes towards my organic food, you know. And so there there are ways to, to balance that. You know? Oh, no, there always are. But anything yeah. you don't change is a choice. And I, I think that sometimes these things seem radical. Is there something easier than uh, only enemas that you're recommending that we can no. add? No, no, <laughs> no. The coffee enema, it is the most potent way. Now, people would say, well, how about if I do a five-day water fast? Great. What are you going to do after day five, right? You're you know, so start back again, right? Yeah, and, and, and Gerson was adamant against fasting for diseased patients, especially advanced cancer patients, because they're coming in already depleted. Right. We right. didn't even talk about how well, depleted. Isn't, this, isn't the same thing as bleeding patients back in the old days? I mean, you, you just don't do that when people yeah. are sick. <laughs> exactly. Right. So my goodness, this is fascinating. I'm afraid we're running out of time. Yeah, it looks like and, it. I think we've gone so beyond our time. We did go beyond our time, but that's, that's okay. Right. I'm in touch with the producer and we, we did, but I want to make sure people can find out more about you because this is absolutely fascinating. And the URL you would go to is Gerson, G-E-R-S-O-N, clinic.com. And you can read all about Patrick there and you can understand more of what's going on because some of the things he's talked about today made real sense. Some of them might have shocked you and some of them might have surprised you. I know it did me, a couple things. The enema thing is not something I'd ever even thought about. Yeah. So that's that's something to look into. But I think that whenever someone is is censored or is shut down or you're told not to follow them, that means they're saying something important because if you were not important, they wouldn't have to silence you. That's right. So I, anything you'd like to add as we sign off today? Yeah, no, I mean, you've got our website in there, gersonclinic.com. Uh, right. I, I handle all the intake for the clinic. So, okay. you know, if someone's sick and or a family member's sick and they want to, you know, send their patient to the cl our clinic, they go through me. I handle the emails, the texts, phone calls, leading right up to, you know, the, the booking into the clinic. So, Patrick, uh, do you do telehealth as well? Well, that's it. I don't personally. So okay. we actually just started a three-month home program, and okay. it's never a substitute for going and living out the therapy for two weeks at the clinic. Two weeks. Okay. Yeah. yeah two that weeks sounds is, like a reasonable amount. I was thinking you were talking months. No. Uh, no. It is a two-year therapy if you have advanced cancer, but those two years are done at home. People okay. come for two to three weeks to learn the highly intensive, specific details sure. of this therapy. But – 
because of what's going on in the world today, we just feel like the direction things are going, more and more people are going to want to do a, a three-month – like we have a three-month at-home program now okay. where we send three months of everything you need to your home. And then my two staff members over those three months do online consults with you. That's, and, that makes sense because in today's world, we – mobility isn't always easy, especially if you're very, very sick Um, and and or recovering or you just need to be in a home environment because of a caregiver or or something like that. But thank you so much for sharing this today. I've learned a great deal and I'm fascinated by this because simple is often best and ancestral ways are good. And we, we didn't have an opportunity to talk about some of the other things that are necessary, which is that mind-body connection and yeah. movement and all of that. But that's okay. Read about it at uh, gersonclinic.com, G-E-R-S-O-N, clinic.com. And Patrick, thank you for sharing this amazing wisdom with us today. I'm so glad we had you as a guest. Yeah, thank you. It's always an honor to be able to share Dr. Gerson's legacy. He he was the greatest genius and remains the greatest genius in medical history. So Mm. my pleasure. Thank you again. Make it a great week, everyone. We'll be back again next week with another fascinating guest. Thank you for tuning in today. You can find more shows at wisehealthforwomenradio.com.